If you want to start a podcast, Spotify's got the platform that lets you make one smoothly, then distributes it everywhere, giving you the ability to even earn money all in one place, and it's called Spotify for Podcasters. They even let you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today, and best of all, it's totally free with zero catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for podcasters, uploading, scheduling, and sharing on the road has been extremely easy. So if you've been thinking about starting one, give it a try. Download the Spotify for podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com podcasters to get started. Day one consisted of five cities, one village, three planes, a crazy shuttle driver, and a midnight boat ride totaling in 21 hours of travel. And that doesn't even count the carrying the luggage up through the town, like, which was a whole other experience. Another episode of Connected Through Spirit today. So excited to share with you. I'm with Samantha and Alexis from Fairhaven, Massachusetts. We're here to share about our time in Guatemala. Just a few weeks ago, we got back from a volunteer trip that we organized. We had a beautiful experience, really raw experience. And we just want to like come out and share it with you guys. So Sam and Alexis, thank you for being here. Thank you for collaborating with me and for sharing this vision and uh, for everything that you guys are doing also in Massachusetts and your yoga studio and all the things that you're creating on your side. I'm just really grateful to know you guys and to be here with you today. Yay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having us. It's an honor. It's a blessing to know you as a person and share the space with you. So thank you for, for that. I love when we get to come together and talk about all the things that we did and relive it through each other's perspectives. So <laughs> so excited for that. Yes. And this is actually my first like three-way call um and I know we always talk about the strength in three and you just did that blog post about the three sisters so I'm really excited to dive in today and just bounce off each other the three of us so yeah let's just like get into it so uh would you guys like to share first and foremost like a little a little bit about soul flower yoga and wellness um and then we can jump into how Sam and I met which is the kickstart to all of this yeah Yeah. for sure um, so I'm Sam. Hi, everybody. And me and Alexis own Soul Flower together. And it's been about two and a half years now, like kind of on the dot, <laughs> which is really exciting. And we've learned a lot along the way. Every time we do something, we learn, but also like every time we throw one of these trips, we have the opportunity to learn too, from each other and from our experience and from the people that we're collaborating with. Yeah. And I think that's something that made Sam and I's bond really from the start was that we were two people who were learning so much individually. We came together and we learned so much from each other. And there was always that reciprocity of like learning and then being a sounding board and a grounding point for each other. Yeah. Yep. And that's what brought us to now two and a half years later, we've learned an abundant amount of lessons and the lessons are going to continue to keep on happening. And, you know, we came together at a point, our friendship grew, our bond grew, and we were both at a point to start a business. We were both yoga teachers and wanting to create a sacred space and a safe space for ourselves to practice and also our community and the everything aligned so divinely that we just, Soul Flower was born and it took off and here we are. And that's the beautiful thing about conscious and healthy sisterhood is like, like you said, Sam, you don't need a coach or you don't need, you know, this exterior force to help you process your things. You have each other and having you guys like work together and learning through that is, is really, really, really awesome to see, honestly, and being able to meet Alexis for the first time, which felt like I already knew her and it was <laughs> we got to room together in Guatemala and, and Sam knowing me separately and Alexis and then us joining forces was really awesome. And um, yeah, I was just really grateful to be a part of the, the connection. Honestly, it was so surreal for me because you guys kind of are like a similar light in my life. You know what I mean? Like both of you like hold a special place in my heart, but like both of you are even approaching similar life patterns that you approach. And 
I'm able to like see you go through that and support you through that. So when we were in Colombia, I was like, oh my God, it's like I'm with Alexis. And then when <laughs> I came home, I was like, oh my God, it's like I'm with Sophia. Like, <laughs> so to see you guys come together was actually something that I was intrigued about before it ever even happened. And then it just like meshed, like it just like melted in and everybody just flowed so well together. And honestly, I'm so grateful for that part because you can always hit speed bumps and you don't want the speed bumps to be like between each other. You want them, you want the energy to flow and we all like had our parts and we all moved very graciously from part to part wherever we needed to be, which was really nice. Yeah, and like stepping into this, stepping into a retreat host setting, you know, like there's gonna be people that go from strangers to feeling like family at the end. And I knew I could trust Sophia never have having met you in real life. I was like, she's a close friend of Sam's and I trust that 100%. But I was not ready for the level of depth of which you would resonate deep into my heart. Holy moly. I was like, how is this possible? I mean, I've met people, you know, you, you meet people and it's like instant click, so many connections, so many alignments, but that was, that struck my heart deep. And I'm very, very grateful for that. So oh. thank you, Sam. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> and I will say out of all the experiences that I have collaborated with other people, this was my favorite trio. We honestly took, and we will get into those stories so you guys can understand like what happened behind, you know, not even behind the scenes because it was such a raw experience that we shared it with everyone attending, but we will share, you know, those stories so you can get a, a sneak peek into what happened. But, you know, we really did take all the obstacles that presented itself and all the blessings. And we just, we were able to to work with all of it and bounce off each other. And if one couldn't show up that day, the other would show up and hold each other accountable and meet each other with grace and, and speak with love. And it was like, it was definitely my favorite trio. Including inspiring each other you know it wasn't just through the challenges that we were there for each other it was also lights of inspiration like constantly and knowing that the other hearts are open to receiving just made us all be able to share ourselves authentically and it's just so important we want other people to share authentically we want them to be authentically moved through whatever it is that they are specifically here to move through Whew, that's a big container <laughs> <laughs> it is. And it's a lot when you are in a big group setting to hold that space for 10, 12, 15 other people. And to have that, like the two of you by my sides, filling up, making sure that the cups were full. Mm. The cups weren't getting empty at any point. Mm. Yeah. So beautiful. Let's do a, a quick little explanation of how me and Sam even met. We'll go from there. You want to share, Sam? Yeah, so Sophia and I met in Orlando where I was visiting, visiting a mutual community that we both were a part, like I was new to, she was a part of. And within minutes of meeting, we led a meditation together, which was realistically what kind of solidified the whole situation. We're like, okay, who are you? <laughs> and then we became friends. Um, I literally came back what three or four months later just to go to like I stayed at your house and we talked about throwing a retreat together and we made it happen and we threw our first retreat together in the Great Smoky Mountains <laughs> um, every there's always been a mutual respect and love that I feel in our relationship since we met there you know and I just am drawn towards that and I'm at a point in my life where like I do only want to have the people around me that I'm resonating with and that everything else does need to drop away to make space for all this movement and this growth that we want, you know, and that we strive for. Yeah, you both are like representative of that for me. So. Well, I was just gonna say, like when Sam came home, it was like her passion, like her true passion and purpose in in this world was like reignited. And I was like, okay, like she came home with this fire. And it, so I, I saw that connection really like add more fire to her passion, which was a really cool thing to witness from like a total outside point of view, because I had no idea of what was happening. 
Mm-hmm. When you came, not only when you came home from Colombia, when you came home from Florida, both of those times, the first time you were like, we're hopping on a Zoom call with Sophia to talk about <laughs> the kids worldwide. We're doing all this stuff. And I was like, ooh, I'm here. I'm here for it. I didn't know what was happening, but I knew it was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of all like snowballed, right? If you haven't tuned in to the episode with me and Sam into the jungle, our two week trip through Colombia, please tune into that. Uh, we go like way deep into the reflections that happened in that trip. But um, it's pretty much just like snowballed it, you know, it went from like Florida to visiting me and then Tennessee creating our first experience and keeping that momentum flowing that that friendship going and growing and then next time we saw each other was Colombia and after that you know we were like we'll see you in a few months in Guatemala and and now we're here yeah so I'm gonna like go ahead and flow us into a quick background story on the school and how I came to having that connection in the first place. So back in, I believe, 2020, I co-hosted a retreat in Guatemala in Lake Atitlan. We had hired a private massage therapist, which were loose in Genoveva. After the experience, they reached out and they were like, we have this eco school that we're building a little bit up in the up in the mountain. You guys should come check it out. And, and we were super open. You know, of course, we went and checked out the school and I was in awe. We went with a couple other people that were staying a little bit longer after the retreat and just meeting her daughter and her best friend Fiona and yeah just kind of getting a feel for everything and I knew I had to come back whether it was with these people or it was by myself like I had to come and get a taste of it and help them in some way so fast forward a little bit after that July 2021 I decided I'm gonna go volunteer at this school Um, it originally was going to be like two weeks and I honestly had to cut it short to one week because who I was honestly in a lot of physical pain because we were doing a lot of painting. I was sleeping on like bamboo cot beds, spiders and scorpions and and in the jungle. And (laughs) yeah, like everybody who has been there and seen the volunteer room has definitely like gotten a little taste of like what that was like. And back then in July, they were still building the shower and, and the the private kitchen for the volunteers because they did have a separate room underneath the school that's like uh, primarily for the volunteers that use Workaway and people who would come in and out to help them through the school. I had no idea that they were even doing that in the first place. I was just like, let me come help. And then I found out all these things once I was there. So um, it was really, really cool to summarize I was actually there at the same time as this uh, British girl, Jess, and we both loved to create through art. And so we actually did like the first layer of painting the school and we were able to uh, create signs for the school and for Luce and Hano's uh, herbal business. They have a, a wonderful herbal business, Atidlan Herbals, that you guys can find as well. And so we just kind of like helped with everything that we could Shortly after that, came home and, of course, like, told Sam about my experience and everything that I lived, like, all these crazy things. And, of course, she lit the fire and was like, let's bring people there. And I was like, perfect. Let's do it. (laughs) I basically felt the same calling that you had, like, when you visited and you were like, I have to come back. When I saw your stories and you were posting about it, I was like, I got to do something. I have to go. I was definitely very open and honestly that's one of the things that I love to do when I travel is share the story. Like I'm not just there to post the pictures and say that I went. I'm there to share the story of how I got to these places, who are these people, what are we doing, how can you be involved even no matter where you live. So me being able to be so raw and authentic in that like really called a lot of people to where is this girl what is this whose school is this like what what are you doing and that's how you compound the effect because you you know you went there to volunteer by yourself for a week and that could have been all you did but because you shared it you were able to compound your effect. And then all three of us went there and brought 10 more people. Literally within a year, the effect compounds. Yep. And 
you know, this is how things go. This is how like movements happen. And this is how we create change. And it's just like one step at a time. So beautiful. And thank you guys for all the all the legwork too. Like I just want to like shine a light on you two and all the legwork that Sam and Alexis did, you know, behind closed doors, collecting funds, doing uh, fundraisers and doing events and everything that they were doing for these like last few months to create funds and to collect and to help the school, like all of that went towards the school. We were able to buy all the materials they needed for these specific projects, buy extra materials for the kids and have enough funds left over to give them 2000 US in raised funds, basically free events or like events that we've done that have been like either donation based or people have paid for and every, every single dollar has gone to this event this fundraiser yeah and like honestly can we just talk about the international bank transfer for a second because i was on my laptop trying to figure this out and i'm like dude this is not gonna happen on my laptop so i go into the bank and it's like very official i'm like good thing i wore a cute outfit today (laughs) they need to call it in they need like to authenticate your identification i mean all this stuff and i was just like this is for real like this is my first international bank transfer i feel so cool (laughs) and you are that cool and i just want to bring it back to the fundraising just for a moment because we went so far as to literally Sam got pied in the face like (laughs) all of the hard work like physically we did a lot of hard work but we had a lot of fun with it as well and it was great it was a great experience and everyone who was a part of each and every process was like wholeheartedly showing up and giving back and that's what really 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 felt good yeah so thank you to the soulflower community shouting out everybody that donated for for real Mm -hmm. real yes the initiation for these trips aren't when you land on that land. It's it's when you're on the plane. It's when you're preparing at home. And for you guys, it was throughout all of these months, you were building that you were building that foundation for this trip months ago. So just hearing like Sam got pied in the face, like I love it. It's there was so much life that was being fed, you know, for this experience beforehand. It was everybody's first time in Guatemala. Let me just say, Sam brought her three children to the experience, so it was a total of ten attendees, three of us, three kids, total of sixteen people. We ended up having a surprise volunteer that was staying there for that time being. He had been there for the last three weeks his fourth week was his final week and it was it was able to be with us and he was able to also assist us and be a part of that experience which is which which was such a cool surprise and unexpected like blessing for everyone such a good synchronicity to have Chris um all the way from Germany but like yeah he was amazing he actually was able to walk down to the dock with you the first night and that was like the first night I was like okay he is the protector here (laughs) because there's always the prayer for protection there's always the protector and like we i was so worried um you're like i'm gonna meet you at the dock and i'm like i am so worried there you guys were together that was awesome and from that night on yeah he really helped and was such a light and then the synchronicity that he got to end his very last day with the kids was the field trip that we planned without ever even knowing him um, to bring the kids to the nature reserve. It was such a good celebration to just culminate it all. It was. And I feel like for him, like he, he was a protecting energy. He was a grounding energy, but he was so much fun and had so much just lighthearted sense of humor and energy that was so fun to be around. He had been traveling for months I don't know I mean I think he was at the school for three four weeks and then before that he was in Mexico doing another volunteer trip so he was just traveling he set out on this journey alone and then he found this family of people who came together to end it all and bring it all home so it was really special even down to him holding Jeremiah down on the boat dude (laughs) it was like one of my favorite parts so sweet I definitely have a question to like kickstart the conversation for our experience for you guys. Um, But before I ask that question, just to give you guys who are listening kind of an explanation of what this week entailed with 
our attendees and everyone from the school. So our first full day together, we ventured out and did a tour through the lake. We got to experience three different towns in the lake. We had a wonderful guide. We'll shout out who those people are. Magic, Magic Travel, thank you so much for helping us our whole time there, honestly, with transportation and through the tours. Next day, we ventured into the town with one of the workers that actually built the school from the ground up. He took us over to the main town and we were able to get the supplies that Sam was talking about, all the supplies we were going to use for that week, all the supplies for the school. All the kids got some new um, notebooks, markers, glue, crayons, benches, benches, <laughs> containers, like so Walls. many <laughs> so many different things. We got cement, we got paint, we got paintbrushes, we got rollers. So, you know, people really got to experience what that was like. It's a it's a trick. So getting people immersed in that was really, really important for us. Quick, just to get a, get a visual here, like the village that we're staying in didn't actually have streets. It had footpaths and like some of them were paved and some of them weren't. And so when she says going into town now, we're like actually in a place that has streets, buses, mm -hmm. tuk-tuks, motorbikes. Now you have to like watch the road that you're crossing and they're like, they are fast. Yeah. <laughs> it was busy, um, it was fast paced. It was a lot of high energy that, you know, you were looking around and had to be way more alert of your surroundings because one wrong step, dog patty, one wrong step, motorcycle. So <laughs> seeing the mental strength and the physical strength that it takes to travel and get your necessities for projects like this. It was really, really eye-opening and really inspiring. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite parts was the coming back from that and us all carrying like single file, everybody carrying stuff like on their heads, sweating. Also the conversation that day and afterwards, like people, what they were talking about, how they felt about what we did. And they were like, whoa, that was a lot. Or breads with her, you know, paint gallon. And like Alyssa actually, I think said like, what is life? Like, this is crazy that they have to live like this. And so just to see that each person was having a, their own experience with that situation was, I think that was like a successful moment kind of, because like you said, it was important for us to give this cultural experience mm -hmm. to, to show what they go through. The um, impact was huge. It really was. And it was at the beginning of the trip. So it really, it set the tone for the trip of just gratitude and compassion and understanding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Bread's. <laughs> We're like just a few minutes, not even just a couple minutes coming out of the paint store. One block. One yeah, block. one block. <laughs> Literally. And, and I don't know how it happened. She was adjusting her hand and paint literally like flew and spilled half of her whole body was covered in orange paint. She was wearing a bright blue shirt and her bag was all like painted. And, and I remember saying like, thank God that out of everyone in the experience, it happened to her because she was such good energy. She was such a light. She was so motivated, like just knew how to turn everything into a positive. And the fact that it happened to her at the beginning, not only gave others that perception of, okay, we can turn this into a positive, but mm -hmm. it like set the tone for us to watch out with how you hold the things. And it, it prevented accidents that could have happened in the future just by that one simple like oops it also showed us too that like we're gonna run into difficulties we're gonna run into struggles and it's gonna be hard but you can still hold grace within it and carry yourself in such a way that you still get the task done at hand and at the end of the day there was paint spilled but we still had plenty of paint to do all of our projects so no harm done maybe a t-shirt lost but <laughs> honestly not only can you keep going but like you have to you have yeah. to, you're in the middle of the city. You have to like, keep going right now. What are you going to do? You're going to buy more paint. You're going to keep going. Like there wasn't really a, like there, it was just a laugh it off moment, but like also a very big learning moment. And honestly, that's probably my, there's so many whys to doing these experiences, but for me, these are one of the most important moments to share with people. 
you know, because it's so easy when we're in the chaos and in the stress of everyday life to like break down or to not want to keep going or to feel like you've hit a wall. And so many things can make us feel this way. But being in a space like that with other people that are supporting you, you know, like you said, you have to keep going and you have to laugh it off. You don't have to feel embarrassed. You don't have to, you know, feel bad about it. It's like things happen. How are we going to get through it? Boom, on to the next. And it's just such a great, so many life lessons in, in everything. If we are open to receiving these experiences and these lessons, it can really, you know, translate into so many aspects of our life, like back home. Seriously. And that's why retreats like these are so transformative because you are supported through things that happen and you 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 prove like life proves to you you learn that you can be supported, you can get through these things, you can do it, you know what I mean? Like you can laugh it off in the end of the day. And then you do that more and you create more of that in your life. That's why it's like so important for us to keep doing this work. Mm -hmm. Even though all the things that we go through, which is another theme that we talked about (laughs) of like, you know, that first night. (laughs) It's a lot. Everything, you know, I... I know Sophia arrived alone, had to carry her luggage up to the school by herself, like in the dark with her flashlight, dodging dog patties. Like, Essentially climbed a mountain in the dark with a suitcase. Pretty much. <laughs> what we do. This is how we make it amazing. Yeah, honestly, honestly, but, honestly, us sleeping, hello, big shout out to us sleeping in like a mold infested home um where you know everyone was getting sick left and right from this from this house didn't have water didn't have we didn't shower for three days um Mm. you know we probably didn't want to sleep in those beds but we had to and not to mention like this little part i wrote in my journal i'm like day one consisted of five cities one village three planes a crazy shuttle driver and a midnight boat ride totaling in 21 (laughs) hours of travel and that doesn't even count the carrying the luggage up through the town, like, which was a whole other experience. And, you know, it's yeah, with wild dogs just by your side, barking at you, no, like, just barking you at coming up my street. <laughs> face level. <laughs> and so he's like, like, everything is okay. Everything is fine. And you're just like, everything is okay. Everything is fine. <laughs> yeah. that held it down. Yep, you got to. You got to have me in in every experience being like, it's okay. We're good. (laughs) Oh, man. I can think of a few. Definitely the struggles. And that's that's definitely in every single experience, you know, whether that's a retreat that I throw or you guys throw or we throw together. Like, Mm -hmm. there are these initiations that you go through before everyone arrives And I think it's super funny and raw to be able to share that with those people as well, because they have to also understand, like, when you come and attend a retreat, and you have all these expectations, and, and you you think that things are going to work out this way. And it's not like that, especially when you go into these like third world countries, it's like, this is the shit that actually happens. And this is the shit that we go through as facilitators to be able to curate a beautiful experience for you. And it's just important for everybody to be in the know of that and what really happens and like what we go through to be able to show up fully. (laughs) We step out on that journey, like straight up, like the fool card in tarot. We're just like, we into the unknown. And (laughs) we take all the unexpected twists and turns. So that way we know what to expect for our retreaters, which is something that's so valuable. And it's such a great thing to be able to offer to people. It's like that, that wisdom of like, we know these things. And now we're curating it, especially for you, for you to have the best experience possible. Yeah. So I guess real quick, because I, I did want to continue on to like the, the timeline of that week, but I think this is the perfect moment to just ask the question. Because this was everyone's first time in Guatemala, for you guys, how was it like to be in a place that A, you had never been to, B, all the obstacles that that were faced with sickness, illness, 
unexpected run to the doctor with one of Sam's kids. All of this, you know, brought so many emotions, so many things like how did you guys feel being so immersed in such a culture that was completely new? Do you want to go first, Sam? Sure. Honestly, I think that when I'm traveling, okay, number one, I was excited to be in Central America in a new place. I'm very, I get very excited about that. I was excited to like use my Spanish again. And I was feeling very activated with all of the things going on. Um, and I was also on like high alert. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but like I was traveling with my children and I knew that this was going to be a new type of challenge for me. So I was really trying to stay in flow with that. And so I think there, that's like one piece. Um, also having the support of you two there was very important for me, honestly, because I could have like really freaked out if you weren't there a couple of times. Um, <laughs> but the other piece is like when I'm traveling and I wrote a little bit about this, like in the blog, but I think it just brings you into complete awareness. It brings you completely into your present moment, into exactly who you are. And for me, it sparks that my inner being, who I am at heart without any of the layers is like a traveler. Mm. <laughs> Honestly. Um, and I think that because, because of who I am and because of that, like when those things came up, being in a different country, like dealing with arriving after midnight, dealing with not knowing where we were going and like the fears of your safety. And yes, they were all there, but they were being handled in a very graceful way within me because I was traveling and I was in it and I knew that I needed to be like maneuverable. And so like, especially like when it came up with um, Jeremiah needing the doctor, I mean, yeah, that was really intense for me. But like, if, if all of those aspects hadn't been in place, I would not have handled it the same way. So thank you <laughs> for your part in that. And I was also um, just trying to give grace to letting things happen and just receiving what was meant for me. So yeah, I felt good being in that place. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I love that. For me, it was, it's just like pure joy and excitement to explore new land. I love, I'm a nature lover. I love hiking. I love exploring new places. So going to a new country is very exciting. I would say not overwhelming, but I was prepared to be overstimulated because there's a lot of different environmental factors when you go to a new country. And I don't think I was fully ready um, for the, all the layers to come off and like literally strip away so many layers of who I not who I thought I was necessarily but like parts of me I mean getting sick in multiple different aspects it literally just stripped me to my core and allowed me to see just like Sam said who I am I have my journal open to that page while we were there that I journaled and it's literally all about who I am like when all of these layers are stripped away and being this was my first time in a new country where I didn't speak the language and I'm not as confident in my Spanish skills so I literally walked out of a store because I couldn't translate. And I was, I had a moment of like, wow, that snapped back to reality that I see happen here in America, but I've always been on the other end. Mm. So to be flipped in that perspective was very, very humbling. I've always held compassion for people who didn't speak English very well, but you see it a lot more here in America being in that role was like, wow, it was very, very grounding and very humbling for me, even though it didn't feel good at the time. So just thank you to Sophia for being my sounding board and my personal translator for the trip, <laughs> because you were definitely like, what kept me a little bit more balanced with that. Um, I would say that was the only part of traveling to Guatemala that I thought I was going into with confidence, like, yeah, I got this. I can do that. But language really is so intricate. And it was definitely that was like my biggest hurdle, I think, aside from the getting sick aspect. <laughs> and literally, hurdling. I guess I didn't know what to expect. I love hearing you guys just free flow and like share your experience. But like, that part of the language really like kind of caught me off guard. And it gave me like chills through my body because I kind of got to relive that experience. And 
um, seeing you like walk out of that store, you know, and yeah, I guess I'm just really grateful to be able to be a bridge for that, you know, when when things come up and and to be able to help, you know, whenever doubt comes up with, with traveling and with Spanish, and I guess you don't really, for me, I don't really notice, um, which is why I put myself in these situations with like people who maybe don't speak Spanish, (laughs) because I I love to help in that way. But, you know, for me, I don't really notice that that difference. It's an advantage for me and a blessing for me to have that ability to be able to communicate in many countries where I go. And um, yeah, just thank you for that perspective. I really um, enjoyed reliving that with you. It really is an advantage for you. And that's why it makes it like so much more important for me to like, want to have the language because it, it really is like, it's a respect thing. It's an advantage. It's just only going to better you in every way, like and expand your mind to think of things in different ways as well. So it's really cool. I was like at the airport in Dallas, like talking Spanish to the people and Alexis is looking at me and she's like, (laughs) You're not in Guatemala anymore. (laughs) You being able to be there in that light, it was like just a trust fall. Like I knew no matter what was happening, even though I didn't know what you were conversing with people about, like that experience with the boats and the confusion with the boats, I knew that it would all work out and everything was going to be okay. Mm, The thing with the boats, man, that was an interesting thing. Oh my Lord. Yeah, it's funny because... Honestly, I didn't even expect this to like come up, but thank you for for reminding me of this experience, um, which Sam actually wasn't present for because she was getting a tattoo. I just I was like, where was Sam? And now I just realized we were with the kids and um, we were with another attendee from the from the retreat. And um, it's funny how if you don't speak the language and you are you feel overwhelmed um, it's kind of like how anxiety could hit you and you feel like everything's against you. You think everyone's talking about you and paranoia. Like when you, even if you are in your home state and you hear someone speaking in a different language, you're like, are they talking about me? You know? Yeah. And it was so interesting for me to experience, like someone felt like they were being targeted. They were being spoken about. They were being questioned. And me speaking the language, I'm like, dude, this has absolutely nothing to do with this is a problem between the police officers within themselves. But of course, like, if you don't speak the language, and you're in a foreign country, you automatically think which I completely could see how that, you know, could play into it. But it was so interesting for me to actually know what was going on, be able to calm them down and be like, hey, I completely understand like what you must be feeling, but trust me, you're safe. Like there's nothing to worry about. This has nothing to do with you. Like this is their problem, you know, just kind of brush it off. Don't worry. Um, So that was interesting to navigate. Just to give a little bit of like background to the listeners, like the boat taxis can be very confusing because boats are going one direction or the other. And there's all these towns around the lake. And if you get on the wrong boat, you're going to end up going complete opposite direction. But also when it comes to the boat safety and the boat regulation, the weight has to be distributed evenly. So sometimes you can get on a boat and they're going to ask you to get off because they need it to be even so that you can travel appropriately and safely. The the connections and the, the drama and the chaos between the drivers and, and the police in itself, you know, like you don't know what problems these people have in between themselves and their families and things like that. And um, yeah. it was just like, an altercation that happened between the boat and the police that the police didn't want this boat to come because, you know, of an altercation that they had experienced. And yeah, it was just, it had absolutely nothing to do with us. It was just all had to do with them. And it was also like points an arrow to, you know, traveling in a hole and you asking our question, like how we felt about handling these challenges being in a new place, being in a different country, being, we didn't know the language. And it's like you, if you're going to choose to travel, like there is a level of understanding that you have to have in that area and be open to what's going to happen. And you, things can become stressful. Things can become overwhelming. And if you let yourself get to that point, like it can become a not good situation. And if he didn't have you guys there, then yeah, who knows what would have happened. 
So it's, you know, you really do have to like be intuitive when you're traveling and, but like also just have an understanding that you don't really understand everything about the culture and like what's going on there. Yeah. You have to know that ultimately you don't know. You have to know that you don't know everything and you also have to be able to discern that is this my fear or is this my intuition? Your intuition will guide you. Your fear will stop you. Yeah. Getting the, it's, it's the humbling of sitting the F down, you know, like in America, we are so privileged, honestly, to be able to speak up and to be able to, to fight with the person that you don't, you know, agree with. And even if it's in public, even if it's in private, like people will say how they feel and don't get me wrong, this happens in in all these other countries. But when you are in a place where you don't know the language fully, you can't actually, you know, defend yourself, you have to sit, you have to step back and you have to be like, okay, bro, do your thing. Don't worry, I'm not here to cause problems, you know, and and you can't come into these countries with the same level of like guardedness and, and or taking things personal, like definitely have to be able to step back 100%. So throughout the week, um, to, to continue trailing on onto the timeline of the experience, Tuesday through Thursday was our volunteer days, which was very, very hands-on. And um, we were able to split everyone into two groups. Uh, there was a morning group, there was an afternoon group. And this entailed painting, uh, putting up the the chicken wire on the walls and stapling them with the staple gun and putting cement and um, getting up on the ladders and taking out all the cobwebs from all the bamboo and sanding and varnishing the wood. Kind of reorganizing, cleaning. And while the other half of the people were like actually just in it with the kids, connecting, bringing them crafts, bringing them things to do. And connecting through language barriers, going down to play soccer at the soccer field. Jeremiah went that day. I was so proud of him. (laughs) Yeah, it was really beautiful to see people come into a place where they were working and had no construction background, but they were there to do the work. They showed up. They had some fears and some uncertainties, but then those same people who had fears about getting up on the ladder and painting or cleaning the wall, whatever they needed to do, Ultimately, they were the person that went up on the ladder and did the thing. So they got to face their fears and be able to provide support for everyone else to do the same, which was a really incredible thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you bring up a great, another great aspect of, you know, having a retreat is having an aspect where people face their fears. Mm -hmm. Um, Even us, you know what I mean? And I feel like that's kind of the initiation period, but um, Mm yeah. It's, it's really true. That fear-facing factor is like really something that moves people right out of their comfort zone or like right over the edge into that vulnerability zone where they can talk about the thing or move through it or write about it, you know, um, go off in a little hammock and just connect to their heart about it. <laughs> I love Casa del Mundo for that, like all these like little hidden areas that you could just like go off. To add on to what Sam is saying, there was a lot of free time. People could swim in the lake if they wanted to. And throughout the week, the mornings, there was breath work. In the evening, you know, if everyone was up to par, because it was very tiring. And there were some days where nobody wanted a meditation. They all just wanted to go hit the hay and go to bed. You know, that happened a few times, but there was like meditation at night. And so it was this really awesome, like free flow mixed with structure because in, especially in the place that we were staying, we were just in this, we were in this beautiful, shout out to Casa del Mundo. Um, Like Sam said, we were in this beautiful hotel on the edge of a cliff right on the water they had like a bazillion stairs so we all definitely got a tight booty from that Um, oh yeah (laughs) but it provided like sam said all these little nooks that you could go and and get lost in and the people were really amazing the workers were very hardworking, and i think they at the end of the the trip they really just became friends um and it was really it was just really nice to have that connection with people from over there 
Um, I know Sam and I hit on that when we were talking about our Columbia trip and the importance of building these friendships and like actually wanting to establish relationships with these people. Um, so you can come back and see them again one day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I definitely gained a huge level of respect for how strong, I think I mentioned it earlier, but how strong they were, I mean, and like mentally and physically after feeling it. And the manager of the hotel was like, you're going to, it's going to get better. You're going to get stronger. It's going to be easier. And I was like, I believe you. I just don't feel it right now. <laughs> but towards the end, it really did. And the land, it was challenging, but it was also supportive. We mentioned the support of each other and the group, but something was so special about the land there. All the nooks. Yes, they were beautiful. They were the perfect little spots to really digress and the land like the magic of the lake was really so so supportive throughout it all the workers what were they doing every single day when someone arrived with suitcases literally carrying them up seven flights of stairs sometimes our room was six flights and there was still more stairs and more rooms above us so they were carrying their luggages. like my suitcase was heavy and when I saw the guy put up and put that shit on his head. I was like, I yeah. feel so bad right now. And he was like, <laughs> and I was like, yep. oh my gosh. Yeah. And oh they do that every day for their work. You know, they get a shipment of produce in off a boat and they're going down, they're getting the crates of food and they're bringing it all the way up the stairs to the cafe. They do it for the luggage, but it's a part of their lifestyle. They're literally carrying full-blown trays of food down the stairs into the underneath of the restaurant to service. Like, they, they do work hard and you know um it really was cool to be able for me like in my my background the things that i'm interested in like to see the way the restaurant works to see like how they handle things and like who's in charge and the ins and outs kind of thing i like take note of the architecture and like the door handles were wooden and they were carved like little animals and so like cute. these little touches that they have mm. they, they really make it they yeah. put a lot into it the little statues. I have a video of Sophia and she's like, my favorite part is all the statues. <laughs> <laughs> and all of them have such deep meaning. A lot of them came from the Mayan calendar, all the animals and symbols from it. When we went on the tour and the tour guide mentioned that and I started seeing it everywhere. It was amazing to see how like really deeply connected everything is. Everything has so much intention behind it, which a lot of architect does, but some of it's like the modernized stuff. It's just modern to be good and minimalistic. I loved how detailed everything was and how intentional it was. Mm. Staying at the hotel definitely helped add um, and like compounds the experience of being able to volunteer at the school and get our hands dirty and get into that culture, but also have the safe haven to come back to at the end of the night for the retreaters, for ourselves um, to like restore and do it again the next day. Cause it was honestly, it was so, it was such fulfilling work, but it was hard work. And I, I keep saying like, this is the most exhausted I've been coming off of a trip. Like I'm still tired. This is we home a week ago. <laughs> I'm like, where is my bed? Yeah, it was it was a lot. We we endured a lot of physical activities and and not just physical, but like some people got food poisoning, some people got parasites, some people were just sick, some people were just depleted, some people's muscles, you know, so And on top of that, we were staying in this humongous like boutique hotel that had a million stairs, a 20 minute walk to the school, which wasn't flat. It was it was an uphill through the town and and then through the through the jungle to get to the school. It's such a beautiful experience. But at the you know, at the end of the week, you're like, damn, I'm tired, you know, and it's honestly one of the reasons why and I'm so grateful that Luce and Hannah were, they are such wonderful therapists. um, And they were able to provide body work for everyone. Um, So throughout the week, also something to note, everyone did receive a one on one, you know, personalized massage or bodywork session, they've studied Chinese medicine, and they do literally everything in the book that you can think of, like these people do, and they have knowledge of and so that was really impactful, I think, as well, because my, I know my time being there with them and getting the body work that I've always desired to get in the States that I never was able to receive, whether it was like too expensive or like just out of my reach, they were able to provide that for me. So to just like share, you know, at least one session with people um, with that was really 
I think really important through all the physical labor. And everyone came out of their session with like an epiphany. You know, everyone spoke of how Lou speaks to you when he's in your session, how he can like read your body. And everyone also was like very supportive of their apothecary and their herbal products, which was really fulfilling to see because it was just more layers of how we're supporting this family and this school um, is like through, you know, through the massages, through the fundraisers, through the actual physical labor, through the bringing 10 other people with us through literally purchasing their products. Yeah. And having some retreaters see their products in like San Marcos and other villages and be like, I saw your products in the shops. That was cool too. Mm -hmm. They're really amazing people. And honestly, as soon as I went in for my massage, Luz was like, you're still carrying your seven-year-old too much. (laughs) Boom. I was like, okay, I'm going to pretty much listen to anything that you have to say because I literally give my seven-year-old a piggyback ride into school every day. Yeah. yeah, it was so much deeper than just a massage or just body work. Like it was, I think they practiced Chinese medicine and Mayan medicine. Mm-hmm. And with my experience, I mean, he connected, I have like an unknown health issue that seven traditional doctors here have not been able to figure out. And he worked with the pathways within my body and connected what my dad's health issue is, which could potentially be linked to mine that no one ever had linked before. And he just, the way that he brought it to light was so natural and just like, oh, well, this is this pathway. Like he knew nothing about me and he knew nothing about any of us. But by the end, I mean, I don't know about anyone else, but I I wasn't crying, but my eyes were watering, you know? Like there were so many breakthroughs physically, emotionally, spiritually within that treatment, within the whole trip, everything. Wow. And big shout out to like convos, late night convos with uh, you too, Alexis and Sophia, (laughs) always like receiving the downloads at two in the morning under the stars. Oh my gosh. Okay, so real quick, on Friday, so we did the volunteering throughout the week. On Friday, we took the kids to their first ever field trip to a butterfly farm. Everyone kind of got a buddy and they were able to show us through the monkey sanctuary too and see where they had the coatis, another uh, native animal there. Um, Walk across like 10 straight jungle bridges. Jungle. They, They were like... It says six people, but only three. And and then the kids got to experience the zipline park and just so much freedom. And we got the chance to tap into our childlike nature and, and to just have fun and throw ourselves off these like ziplines and jump with the kids. And yeah, so through this field trip, though, before we got to the butterfly farm, um, I'm so happy that Sam... Again, if you listen to the other the other episode with us, she shares about her history and, and cultural anthropology. And so she was able to find this museum that shared a little bit about the lake. And we learned a lot of history of Lake Atitlan and the city that is under Lake Atitlan. Would you like to share real quick a little bit about the history? I would love to. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, so the, the city is... At the bottom of the lake, it's like between 200 and 350 meters down. And it's called Samamba, which it's like literally my name is in the name of this lost city. Wow. So basically, they this is the deepest lake in Central America. This lake is also located on an energy vortex where ley lines intersect and cross. So the energy here is high. There's also three volcanoes around the lake very high electromagnetic energy happening. What was very interesting about the lake and everything was that, you know, we go through the museum and we see all these artifacts and that's cool. But if you start actually like reading what's written on the walls, you start to find out that the U.S. was the only country to fund this whole finding of the lake, like everything, because for the past like almost 100 years, the US has been very interested in the volcanoes in Guatemala. There's like 32 or 38, there's 30 something. They really have been researching the volcanoes around Lake Atsilan and sending scientists there. And you just ask yourself like, you know, why? Like obviously researching volcanoes and stuff, but why is no one else researching this? Just like very interesting questions. Um, and then you, and then 40 years ago, only 40 years ago, 
they find a lost city at the bottom of the deepest lake in Central America. The city is 1700 years old. The city got swallowed up and they had to like move the city onto the land. There's just so many questions, so many like things. And we brought it to like the fact that if you've seen Black Panther part two, Wakanda forever, <laughs> like they literally stole this idea of like the Mayans in a lost city under the ocean, but like still. And you're just like, why was the US so interested? They only found this lost city 40 years ago. Fun fact, if you listen to the podcast about Colombia, you will find out that we visited another lost city in November that was only found 40 years ago. Hmm. Coincidence? Okay. So not. <laughs> like things are happening. Like were they found or did they appear? Like is these yeah. like multi-dimensional things coming back into our realm? Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of things here. Conspiracy theorists have fun. <laughs> yeah, we definitely had fire light under our butts with this. And just like I had chills. We were talking about this and it was nighttime and we were right on the, you know, we were right by the water and we were talking about all these like dimensions and portals and the Mayans and the presence and the underwater city and and the connections through the movies and all the things and I had chills to the point where I had to like physically move it out of my body because it was so prominent so yeah we definitely had whew, lots of things come through with that <laughs> thank you for that explanation <laughs> giving us a little history lesson yeah, there's so much more. I'm going to write about it, but that was kind of like the cool parts. <laughs> and another cool part was that the hotel manager, Blunky, actually met us on her day off at the hotel in another town across the lake to be kind of like our tour guide. And it was so cute, honestly, and very appreciated. You could tell that it was something that was very near and dear to her heart. So for her to make that effort to show us the museum, be our tour guide for it. Yeah, you can tell how deeply rooted everything is in their culture. And even without knowing the history, just stepping onto the land, you feel that magnetic energy, your whole body just like vibrates at a different frequency. So if you don't know it, you, if you don't have to see it to believe it because you feel it. Honestly, I, I really want to make one more point here that ties in with all of this. A lot of people were like, oh, are you on the island? Are you on the island? Like, a lot of people refer to Lake Atsilan as like an island. And I was like, it's a lake, guys. It's a lake. But if you think about it, it's like a reverse island because everyone around that lake lives off the lake and the lake is the center of their life. And it's like they live on an island in the middle of Guatemala because so they true. center around it. So it's like literally a reverse island. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> To tie in all this, you know, all these codes, all the experiences, I'd just like for us to share within the next couple minutes, some journal entries that some things that came through and we can wrap, we can wrap it up. Alexis, do you want to go first? Yeah, definitely. So there was a few things that I journaled about. There's a few things that within my personal life I was sifting through and sorting through at this time and going to Guatemala going to like Atsilan was a perfect place to process it all one of and all of the personal things you know I, I I worked through like I said I peeled off each layer and I got to the root of it all and the root of it all is like who am I and I wrote okay I'm gonna start from the top I am strong and resilient there is nothing I will remember that can hurt me at this point. I have come this far from my past and I can only continue to grow and learn from the remembrance of who I am. So who am I? I'm Alexis Ann Costa. I am powerful. I am a co-creator with the divine. The divine speaks to me and through me. I am divine. There is so much love and joy within my heart, so much space for more, more love, more growth, and more joy. And that was just like a, the smallest little snip from like all the layers that were peeled and what I was left with. And I think I said to Sophia the first day we got there that like, I feel like I can just cry out all my sorrows here on this land and be reborn and be, feel renewed. And that's exactly pretty much what happened. I got past all of the hurt, all of the sorrows from my personal life and things that I had gone through and into the core of my being. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. 
Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Okay. I will go next. Um, I had a lot of things come through because very much like Sam and Alexis, I write everything down. But a conversation that really stuck out to me, it was like a synchronicity. I was feeling really sick this day. I was, I decided to, instead of closing myself into my room, I went out and I sat in the hammock in nature and just kind of let it cleanse me. I noticed that by observing nature, we can feel lighter. And, and in, in that moment of me, like trying to feel better and to surrender into this like pain that I was feeling and the discomfort, there was a, a man from Canada that pretty much was very intrigued on like why we were there, what I was doing. And when I told him, he just looked at me and he said, so so you're here with a purpose. And that really stuck out to me. And I was like, yes, I am here with a purpose. So I wrote that down. But more than anything, like, you know, some codes that came through by observing everyone and and observing myself, if you go home without having multiple or one major realization or reminder, then you missed out on the biggest point in traveling. Also noticing how your trigger is moving you and how everyone and everything is here to teach you something. Do you close out when you're feeling low or can you surrender into the force of nature? Do you honor your alone time when you don't feel like socializing um, or do you just stick it through and 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 push through and not you know honor yourself are you actively choosing every single day instead of waiting for someone or something to happen and the act of actively choosing is in between path a or path b choice one or choice two so pretty much we always have a choice and we can actively choose every single day so noticing how we move noticing how we think and no matter how we feel we can we can surrender into nature and just let that cleanse us yeah there was so much there was so so much but that that's just like you know what wants to come through right now and sharing the experience that was beautiful i love that that conversation happened i didn't know that beautiful thank you Honestly, I had, I shared about a lot of stuff. I shared about all of those things at some point in my journal um, and all little tidbits. And there was a lot of, you know me, I like to write down information. So there was a lot of 380 meters deep (laughs) Um, stuff and a lot of personal reflections. At one point I wrote down, don't flush the toilet paper. And I just thought that was funny to share because when I came home, I was like, oh, wow, it feels weird. I almost threw away the toilet paper. But yes, don't flush the toilet paper. (laughs) I just honestly found an entry from a day that I did have a chance to sit in a hammock. And there wasn't many chances for that. To be honest, when you are running a retreat, you're working 100% of the time, literally. Um, unless you have this amazing triangle of strong women giving you a break when you need one. Yeah, so I just wanted to read this quick little excerpt because I feel like it's kind of like without pointing in any one direction, it's kind of like a perfect mix of what the what the whole trip kind of entails. Rocking in a hammock by the lake in my own little corner of this magical hotel, the breeze and the temperature are just right, the volcanoes in the background, the sun rays slicing through the clouds, and the sound of the waves. This is relaxation. Feeling blessed. The kids are resting in the room and Sophia is holding it down right now with the group, bringing the supplies to the school. I'm allowing myself to process all of this, go through photos and my notes. I have a lot on my mind. I just need to connect to my heart space, my gratitude, my love for Alexis and Sophia and their connection, releasing the need to be in the middle of everything and realizing I truly light up when I can connect with myself and, and the retreaters. Mm. Thankful is the word of the day. I love it. Showing up, showing up for yourself so you can show up fully. And I think that really, yeah, like you said it, I think it really summarized like the energy of the trip and how we were each able to show up at different moments when it was needed, which really closed in the, the group. And we had a really beautiful closing ceremony where people shared, you know, things that they were proud of themselves for and things that they were proud of others for. And it was just really beautiful to witness others like support each other and just become a family at the end of the day. It was so beautiful to see what others saw in each other Mm -hmm. and how 
some some people's hearts really just shine through without them even trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we all have these perspectives, the three of us. So to hear 10 other perspectives of the trip and the moments that happened behind the scenes when we weren't there, it was really special. And I just want to say I felt really held, you know, this whole trip, whether it was with you guys or the whole group as a whole or even just like in my own self um, or just being held mm-hmm. by the lake and the energy there, you know, it was definitely something that I'm eman- like a feeling that emanated throughout mm-hmm. And I think that was the overall theme, if I had to say. There was a couple of themes, but the biggest one being take what you need. Sometimes it's rest, sometimes it's activity, sometimes it's adventure, but everybody honored themselves in the way that they needed in a way that maybe they weren't before. They hadn't had the time or the space for back at home. Mm. So I think that was the the pivotal point in the poof moment. <laughs> so thank you guys for being such powerful present beautiful sisters to be able to co-create this with to carry out this vision and to bring 10 other people 13 other people actually with us on this experience and thank you guys for taking time out of your day to sit here with me and share relive this experience together and thank you guys for listening for tuning in and hopefully if you haven't been on one already, hopefully we can see you on the next one. Thank you, Sophia, for holding the space here and for creating this podcast and opening up a whole new container for all of life's experience. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for seeing that. And with that being said, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Connected Through Spirit. We will catch you on the next one. Peace <laughs> out.